Yo, where you at, G? I'm on G. Olowa. Uwe to G. Yo, G. Ugo upi. Hey, G. Owe he. I'm in the studio. Welcome to Amp Stories Podcast. Hello, guys. Welcome back. Welcome back to Amp Stories Podcast. Hope y'all all doing great. Today is a great day. We have a special guest. Special guest, you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Go ahead and introduce yourself. All right. So I go by the name DJ Slimtino. First of all, uh, I want to say thank you for having me for your show, you know, to talk about my experience in DJ Slimtino in general. So, yeah, I'm a DJ and I also call myself entrepreneur because DJing covered not just the music part, you know, it covered, you know, some other stuff too. And I'm based in Houston since now, seven years. And I'm from Burkina Faso. I was born in Burkina Faso and I also grew up in Senegal. But as for right now, I'm based in Houston and been DJing for seven years now in Houston. And yeah, I'm an Afrobeat DJ, but I also play other genres, but I'm more focused on Afrobeat in general and African sounds, you know, my piano, Pedicale, Francophone side, and yeah, just African culture. I'm an African culture. Presenting, yeah, love it. I haven't heard a DJ shout out Coupe de Calais in a minute. <laughs> a minute, let me tell you, growing up, that was my thing. I loved Coupe de Calais so much, especially when it came like Logo BJT and all those things. <laughs> I loved it, I loved it. So it's so cool that you were raised in like two countries. How did that influence your childhood? Like, tell us about your childhood experiences. Well, it's it has really shaped me a lot, you know, because uh. I was born in Burkina Faso, and then when I was five, uh, I had to move to Senegal because uh, my parents, they, they had opportunities. They, both countries are French-speaking countries, but the culture is extremely different, you know. So when I got to Senegal, like, I was young, it was not really easy because you come into a different culture, everything is different, they speak. And also in Senegal, one thing about it is they speak a lot of their local language, you know, so I had to adapt. And at the beginning, I was, you know, every time just by myself, you know, and like you say, how it has shaped me. I we talk in terms of the music side. Uh, I was listening to a lot of music at home because I couldn't, you know, really go out when you're young. You just go to school and then you come back home. At home, I was every time with my mom and she was listening to a lot of music. So she has really influenced me a lot. At that time, I, you, you don't know what you're going to do when you become older. I think I wanted to become a pilot, you know, and I also wanted to be an engineer because my dad was an engineer. And I like the word engineer. So that was like what I wanted to become. So I was influenced a lot by my mom and she was listening to a lot of music and Pede Kale, by the way. She was also listening to Kassav, that's Zouk music from the island. So like every time at home, it was just music, you know, every time music, music. And whenever we were having parties at home, I was the one basically using those cassettes, you know, putting the songs for my mom guests and all. So that's how I started, you know. I didn't even know, but I was DJing. It's not mm -hmm. technically DJing, but it's making sure people are having a good time, you know. Mm -hmm. so, so that's how it started. And yeah, I keep going to school, but in my mind, I didn't think I would be a DJ. But in school, in high school, I, I was DJing some events for the school. Then later on, I came to the U.S. And this is really here that I start, you know, being focused on it and decided to take it to, you know, another level, like some people say. How old were you when you were putting cassettes and entertaining guests for your mother? I would say that was in 2006, 7. 
I was nine, ten years old. Wow. Nine, ten, eleven years old. Yeah. That's yeah. so interesting. So from what I'm imagining, she just enjoyed playing music for the fun of it. But was she also like in entertainment of any sorts or no? No, she was not in entertainment. She was just like a music lover. And she was, like I said, listening to diverse music. Mm. It was huge at that time, you know, because it was just getting started like 2004 or five. You know, but she was listening uh, to Zouk music. She was listening to French also. They call it La Musique Contemporaine in French. So she was listening to those songs from the 60s, like, for example, Johnny Halliday, you know, Celine John. She's from Canada, but it's also French. So she was really listening to diverse songs. And it has really shaped me because as a DJ, I'm also really open-minded. And, uh, you know, every time I try my best to, di- to listen to different sounds. Mm-hmm. Whenever you play, it's not just, you never know who's everybody from. Mm-hmm. So I really try my best to make sure that, okay, maybe this person is from this country. He might maybe want some compa or some Asian music or, or mm-hmm. whatever. So so basically growing up in Senegal with my mom in that and in that environment has really shaped me today as a DJ a lot. What was the scenery like for music there? Like, so were you able, when you started, when did you move here? Better yet, that's a great question. I moved uh, in the U.S. in 2016, January two. 2016, I came straight to Houston. Really. And how old were you then? I was uh, 19. 19. So, you know, you could still go out when you were around 17, 18. What was it like in Senegal, the party scene or the music so scene? the party scene, I was someone that was going out a lot. Mm-hmm. Tell us, tell us about that. I was going out a lot and we were hosting parties too with friends, like house parties. And the local scene at that time, dancehall was huge. Oh, okay. was huge in Senegal. And the thing about Dakar, the city of Dakar, is that it's a really mixed city. It's kind of like Houston or New York. You're going to see people from all over the place, you know, from different countries, different cultures. So if you go out to a club or to a party, you're going to hear sounds from everywhere. You're going to hear Congolese music. You're going to hear Afrobeat. You're going to hear, you know, hip-hop, dancehall. Has someone that was going out a lot and hosting parties with my friend. Sometimes I was also DJing, but it was just, you know, for fun because, like, the DJs, sometimes when we book them, they're from Senegal and they were kind of limited because there they value a lot the local sound that they have there called uh, Mbala. It's the local sound in Senegal. Like, artists like Yusunu, that's what he does. They have Walisek, Viviandu, and they really like I love it. Vivian. She Vivian was a too. banger to me. There we go. <laughs> So, you know, they, they really, I'm going to say, I'm not going to say gatekeeping, but yeah, they gatekeep a lot. So they, they really like their sound and they don't really explore. But us, the people that were going out, it was like in the school too. It was like international school friends. Their parents too were coming to work in Senegal. So you you were having people from all over the place, people coming from France, like I said, Ivory Coast, Angola, whatever. So in the club, the DJs, they, they had to play international music, basically, you know. And us, you know, when you're young at that age, you always with what is popping, you know. And at that time, Afrobeat was, you know, getting started with like B-Square, Whiskey, David O. So in our parties, we were the one, you know, really pushing Afrobeat, you know, pushing dancehall and everything. So that's how it, it really shaped me. So when you came to the States, how was the transition from everybody now knowing Afrobeats here rather than you pushing the Afrobeats wave? Well, when I got here, it was uh, 2016. At that time, there was already a shift where American, they were starting to, you know, 
listen to more Afrobeat. Mm-hmm. Maybe the people that were here before me, like in 2010, those are the real ones that actually pushed it hard. They, they had to fight to, you know, so that Afrobeat can be here in some places, some venues and everything. So in 2016, it was already shaped, you know, in Houston, most of the club, even if you go to the American clubs at that time, uh, you were listening to a lot of Afrobeat, you know. So everything was really set up. And it was, I would say, I was the, I'm the generation of DJ that came after that. It was easier for us to really push the sound. So we really took it, you know, more global. But the people that were here before as the pioneer, those are the ones that really struggled because most of the Afrobeat parties, from what I was hearing, it was just African between them, you know. And even at the, in the radio, you couldn't hear like Afrobeat like that. So... I you say that I'm lucky I came at the right time where you know, <laughs> take it globally. Yeah. So being raised in New York, African music was always around me. I never had like a moment where it wasn't. There was always hall parties. Was it like that when you came in 2016? Were people having hall parties in Houston? What was the culture like? Because I'm not originally from Texas, but now living here, it's still different to see the how it is from New York to Texas. So what was it like for you? Well, in Houston here, it was kind of the same, you know. It was kind of the same because Houston is really diverse too. You have a big African community, people from East Africa. You have also West African. A lot of Nigerians live in Houston. So it was really diverse. The sound was really diverse. You're also going to see people from the island. So the experience at the parties were really, you know, feeling connected because you will hear music from, from back home, from your culture. Everybody was represented. And also one thing about Houston is the fact that it's really big and you have big communities. Even, for example, the people from East Africa, they have their own place, for example, where they can go and party between them. You're going to see the same with people you know, from West Africa, whatever, from people from the islands. But there are some places where you can go and you know find a mix of everything. So Houston, I would say, there is really like a party for it everybody. If you are someone that just, you know, like a certain general from the people from your culture, you can go there. But if you're someone that wants something diverse, you know, you can also find somewhere where you're going to mm-hmm. find that, you know, because it's really a big city like New York and there is like people from, you know, those different countries, a lot of people from those countries. So where can people find you? Where will you be? So I really move around. You know, it's a hard question. <laughs> As a DJ, you, you're in this place, you know, you know, and then after... With promotion, and nah, 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 like the club might close, or and you move around, and then you know. But I would say, like in most of the, you know, I really been moving around a lot, you know, playing to different places. But right now I'm at Cloud Nine, so after I was part, I'm there on Friday and Saturday. I also play at New Ice, you know. But it happened also that I play in other big spots like O2 Lounge, for example, you know. And I also work with promotion teams because sometimes they they want you to come and play, especially that. I'm a Francophone, you know, I speak French and Coupe de Calais. Sometimes they want that and they reach out to me to come and DJ. But I also host my events and I guess I will talk about that later. And okay. <laughs> more focused on too right now. Right. So you know what's interesting? I'm going to share how we met. So I went to Cloud9 and you were playing. And so I kept, I kept looking up like, who is this guy? Like he's killing it right now. And so I made, I tried to find a way to get your contact. So then I got on Instagram, started searching. Then I found you and I was like, I got to tell you how great you were that night. And that's what brought us here. So 
I just want to give you give you your flowers again that you are killing it. And so big shout outs to you repping the Francophone and keep doing that too, because people be forgetting how lit that music is. And we got to make sure that is involved all the time. So I much appreciate it. Thank you so much for the compliment. You're welcome. You're welcome. So as a DJ currently right now, is that the thing you do for a full-time job or is what else do you do on the side other than that? Because you also talked about entrepreneurship. Like, Tell us a little bit more about that and your journey. Yeah, so right now I'm a DJ full-time, but I also still pursuing my degree, engineering degree in control instrumentation to be more specific. And I'm, you know, basically mixing both. And an entrepreneur is globally in terms of DJ has, for example, doing my own event, you need to make sure that the promotion is doing pretty well. You need to know how to make flyer. You need to know how, you know, to record sales, you know, to send out emails to promote your event, you know, to reach out to vendors. You know, it really includes a lot of things, DJing, you know, even in terms of the, the sound system, the lights, you know, reaching out to different people, even like ballet, because some places people might have issues coming and, you know, parking their car. So that's when I realized that, okay, you're a DJ, you, either you're going to focus just on the deck, making sure people are having fun, or you're going to embrace the whole thing, you know. So I just decided to, you know, embrace the whole thing. because It comes also with an excitement to prepare for an event that you're planning on doing and, you know, the momentum growing until the day of the event and the stress that come with it to make sure that everything is, you know, it's really something that I enjoy doing. So that's where really the entrepreneurial side came into function. What do you use to stay organized? Or another question, a follow-up after that would be, in your moments where you're overwhelmed, what do you do to cope? I would say the repetition helps. The first, the first time when I was, you know, DJing or even doing my own event, the first time is always hard, you know. That's where like, okay, but I mean, you, you want to do it. You love it. So you, you can't, you know, let the emotion or everything make, make you overwhelmed. So the first time is always hard, but once you start, you know, and it's something that you love and you've been doing it at home, practicing. So once you start, then yeah, the rest just come, you know, after. And then now I will say the repetition of doing multiple events, you know, DJing in multiple places. Cause I will say now, if I take out COVID, for the past four years, I've been DJing at least two times a week, Ooh. at least. And that's really like an invaluable, you know, experience or something. So no matter where I believe, I truly, I'm truly confident that, you know, whatever place you're going to put me in, I'm going to be able to make sure that people are, you know, having fun. So I would say the repetition and it comes with experience. You know, the, that experience is really important to have and it helps. So you're going to get stressed sometimes, everything, but then you're going to be like, Come on, you did it already. You know? <laughs> it's going to help you to get through those moments of doubt or, you know, pressure. What advice would you give to someone getting started as a DJ, but wanting to do more than just focusing on the decks? I will start by saying, that's the, that's the question that I always ask. Do you mind playing the same song every day for the rest of your life? Ah. <laughs> that's the question that I always ask. If you don't mind doing that, then you are ready you know, to DJ because you can easily get bored. Mm -hmm. You can easily get bored because you, you can be playing on some venue and, you know, you know the management or the vibe there is specific. So you need to stick to a certain style. And by being repetitive, it can make you, you know, 
lose the love that you actually have for music. So if you don't mind playing the same songs and you truly also love music, you're also someone that loves music, like to, you know, to discover a new sound, then definitely there is really no limit. It's going to be just depending on how much work you're willing to put in to get to the place that, where you want to be. If you had to play the same song for the rest of your life, what song would that be? Wow, that's a great question. I was not expecting that. And it's the first time somebody asked me that. I'll give you two. I'll give you two options. You can pick two songs. Two songs. You know, as a DJ, you always want to please people, but these questions are personal. So mm-hmm. I will say uh, Kanye West, All of the Light. Mm. I will say that track. That's one song. The second song, I will pick. Wow, there's so many songs that are coming to me. <laughs> so for the second song, I will pick again a Kanye West song. Wow. Two for Kanye. Two, yeah, Runaway. It's gonna be Is that your favorite artist? Yeah, it's it's my favorite artist. And I really get inspired a lot by him because mm-hmm. of, you know, his drive, his, especially his drive. I don't defend, you know, like everybody has okay. their personal things going on. <laughs> but as an artist, if I just got to focus in terms of being an artist and a creative person, I will definitely pick him. And his craft. And his craft, you know, the love that he has for his craft, the drive that he has, and the fact that he always tries to renew himself. He doesn't do the same thing over and over. It's really important as a creative. And I believe a lot of creative, they identify themselves with with him too on that aspect. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Those are the two songs that came to my mind. But I'm sure that maybe if it was a different day, I would have... (laughs) Different two songs. Those are the two songs that came to my mind, yeah. That's okay. If you had to describe yourself as a creative, how would you describe yourself? What would it be? I would describe myself as someone that really likes to please people every time, which is sometimes not good because you also need to put like your uniqueness, you know, something that makes you, you know, different from the rest. So I would say that I'm someone that really try every time to make sure that as a DJ, everybody is having fun and as a creative too. It helps because you are able to get the maximum of people. But then the downside of that is there are some people, they, they like something that is just specific. They, they just like, for example, in terms of music, some people, they just listen to house music. They don't listen to hip hop. And as a creative, if you try to, you know, preach to a big audience, it's hard to get the main core of somebody just listening to house music or just listening to Afrobeat because them, they just want that, you know. And when they listen to just one genre, they really go deep into that genre, mm-hmm. you know. But if you are someone that like to be diverse, you're not going to go deep because it's not going to, it's not everybody that knows how deeply that, you know, that sound is. So you need to play something that is basically popular. And when something is too popular, people tend to not like it. You know? So that's how you des- describe myself as a creative, somebody that really try to, you know, reach to the maximum audience possible. Okay, cool. And then what is your unique niche? You know, I have preferences. I have preferences. And this is a question, really great question, because this is something that I'm still working on. Mm-hmm. I'm still working on because it's always changing. Like I say, I grew up, I was listening to Coupe de Calais, you know, Zouk influenced from my mom. Then uh, when I started partying, going out in high school, I was listening to a lot of dance or hip hop music you know, rap from the U.S. and France. But then when I started being a DJ, I started being influenced a lot by Afro House, you know. Then after COVID, when COVID happened, actually, during the lockdown, 
I'm a piano star, you know, you know, and I fell in love with that sound. And I will say the last two years, that's my favorite genre right now. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So it's really something that every time change. But I'm still working, you know, like you say, like I'm still working on finding something that really is going to be something that I really want. You know? And to, I, I also believe that if you want to take it to the next level, all the big DJs that you're always going to see that are at the top, they are DJs that were able to just stick to one genre. You know? mm-hmm. So this is something, like I say, I'm still working on it. But as for right now, I'm really open, you know, to different sound and different influences. Awesome. Well, with that being said, we're going to jump into the mix by you and we'll be back. Right. <laughs> so this is where we would put the the mix and stuff. So the next part is you're going to talk more about what you said you wanted to talk about. You said we'll talk about it later, right? Mm-hmm. Which is more about like, which is what exactly do you want to talk about in this section? So I'll make sure so I have some more questions there. More, you know, now about like me, you know, the vision that I have. Yes. Okay. That's what I was thinking. Because okay. I, I created, for example, a collective of friends called Alternative Session and we try to host events actually. Okay. With Perfect. With music and all that. Okay. So the next part is your vision. With the collective of friends that we have and the events that we're doing, we have an event coming up. Who's the big artist? So it's basically Uncle Waffle. So she's going to be coming to Houston. Okay. Yeah gonna be working with a big promotion team that is bringing her in Houston and mm-hmm. we're gonna be basically the one helping out with the sound the opening act we're gonna have a DJ representing that day you're gonna be representing for yeah, opening I'll, I'll be the DJ but I will, I'm not, I will not really put myself I will just put the group saying okay, that that's nice DJ okay yeah I went to Uncle Waffle's concert in New York and she's a vibe big time yeah she's a and big and then I saw her in Ghana and it was perfect. Okay, that was for Afro Nation, I believe, if she was in Ghana. Uh, Afrochella. She was there. She did go for Afro Nation too, but I didn't go to Afro Nation. I went okay. to Afrochella. This is something but, that I'm, 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 I'm definitely planning on having a trip to Ghana. Ghana, for me right now, the the vision that people are having there, you know, even the creative, you know, from abroad, like you guys and back home, I really believe that's what all these African countries need to embrace, you know. Mm-hmm. We really need to mm-hmm. embrace that and really take our culture to the next level. And it's Ghana is doing it pretty well. I'm sure there are also some, you know, little stuff that can be maybe improved or people might, you know, of course, yeah. but it's really, they, they really have the vision of, you know, what Africa should be looking like in the coming yeah. 20 years. I like the fact that it's a very stable country too, because mm-hmm. I, you know, Faso, like, we still have some, you know, terrorist stuff and all these things going on, politics, the government is run by, you know, still the army and all these things. So it's really complicated for, for us or people to come and invest. You know. I have a friend actually going to Burkina Faso for her job. So that's interesting that you say that. Yeah, I mean, the main city, you know, the capital is pretty safe. It's just, you know, because it's a country, we have the, the desert, the Sahara desert, like mm-hmm. 40%. It's like right above it. Yeah, it's 40% of the country is covered by it, so... They, they just stay on those areas, you know, those jihadists and everything. So it's really hard to track them. It's really something hard. And it's not just Burkina Faso, even Mali. Yeah. Mali, to they're facing the, the same struggle. But the main city, Ouagadougou, is pretty, you know, even Bobojula, so it's the second biggest city. It's pretty. If you go there, it's like people don't even, I'm not going to say they don't care, but it's not even like something is going on in the country. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> 
fun every day. They go out every single day. <laughs> every single day, people are outside. You know, they're just having fun. Hey, yo, DJ Tino.
manière qui m'ont mélangé Y'a comme un truc qui me dérange De tout ça j'ai pas la vie Avec moi tu peux te balader Tu sais que t'as trop kiffé C'est pas facile mais faut pas lâcher
waka waka Left and right with the biggie baka Instagram don't finish data Big big nash me I'm to naka My head, my neck, my waist Tout, 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 tout,
and we're back. Okay, I miss the DJ. Tell us your vision and where you see yourself taking DJing and just music in general. Let's give you, let me give you in the next five years, where do you see yourself? In the next five years, uh, I see, I see myself as an African culture you know, ambassador, see myself still DJing, hopefully doing bigger events. Because like I said earlier, like I do my own events. And as for right now, we are based in Houston. We create our events in Houston, but the goal is really to take it, you know, all around the world, you know, not just in the U.S., like to different cities and to always represent African culture. So that's how I see myself in next five, 10 years old. Give give us some more details. We want like, we want to know, pretend like you already have it, say, so let us know what you have, who you are, what you do. All right. So during uh, the lockdown in 2019, COVID, everybody was at home. You know? Everybody was at home. You just start overthinking about different stuff. But also there was also a lot of entertainment. And like a lot of people uh, discovered like. Uh, I'm a piano sound. A lot of us using that time that we start listening to I'm a piano. And I really liked the, the sound. It was something that I really found that was really unique and was representing a lot of African sound elements in it. With a collective of friends here in Houston, I decided to create an alternative session, which was, like I said, a collective of friends, DJ mostly, but also dancers and people around entertainment to curate events and those events will be centralized around dance, you know, dance music, dance experience, but Afro, because most of the time people go to the club, you know, people go to the club, it's like sections, bottles, you know, the dance floor experience is not like it was like back in the days, you know, like, right. people, like people be saying. And some people, because of that, they're going out less, they're going less to the club. You know? So we, we decided to, you know, do events where the, the focus will be the dance floor experience. So in 2021, uh, we started doing our first event and the focus was on Afrobeat, I'm a piano and Afro house. It went pretty well. And the same year in December, we hosted our first I'm a piano event. It was, the focus was basically on around I'm a piano, but we played a little bit of Afrobeat, but it was mainly I'm a piano. And it, it went really good. You know, we had a lot of great feedbacks from people in the city. And that's where we really, our story started. Following year 2022, last year, we did 10 events. We started doing it like, uh, we had to actually even move throughout the year. Okay. 10 events. We had to go to a bigger venue because it was an outdoor event. And the summer in Houston, for people that know, is really, really hot. Hot. So we had to find an indoor venue, indoor place to keep doing the event and yeah we keep on growing and now we have a an event coming up in march 12th this sunday i'm a piano takeover we don't just host i'm a piano event but i'm a piano is one of the biggest events that we host and it's happening this sunday march 12th and it's gonna be a vibe definitely gonna be a vibe what's upcoming after that all right after that we're planning on you know doing some other events, not just about my piano, we plan on doing other events around house music, but the experience will be still dance, you know, dance floor experience, dance. And coming up also very soon, we have the opportunity of uh, working with a big promotion team based in DC. 
that he's bringing Uncle Waffle in Houston. It's going to be on April 30. So people in Houston, make sure to get ready. It's coming in Houston very soon. So Dang. you guys get ready for that. It's going to be a vibe. I wish I would be around for that. That would be sick. I'm telling you, Uncle Waffles is definitely a vibe for anyone who hasn't seen her yet. She's great. She yeah. is a phenomenal performer. Huge, huge, huge performer. If there was a few artists you can name that you would love to work with in the future, who would it be? Love to work with, uh, you know, as a DJ, I'm like Afro, uh, African representing, you know. I would love to work with Burner Boy for a show in Burkina Faso because I know he mm. never never been there. It would be great to have him there. Uh, it would also be great to work with uh, Black Coffee. Big, big inspiration in terms mm -hmm. of how in South Africa. It would also be great to work with uh, Major League DJs, you know, mm -hmm. from South Africa, the way they really push the piano sound and especially in terms of marketing it and everything. That would also be that would also be really great. I'm sure you're gonna get into the to the majors real quick. You Uncle Waffles right there. Come on. <laughs> Next is major. Next, you keep going, you keep going. It's soon come. You'll be able to tackle that for sure. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Thank you. So with music being the core of your life right now, is there anything else that also your heart is enjoying? Is there any other hobbies that you're into other than the whole music and entrepreneurship around it? Well, definitely, you know, when you're doing music and, and being an entrepreneur, you also need to disconnect sometimes, you know, take a break from everything once in a while, you know. And I'm a big soccer fan. Chelsea mm. is my favorite team. I watch a lot of soccer. Now less compared to when I was younger, because by the way, I was in the academy when I was younger. I was playing soccer, so that was, you know, my favorite sport. So I try to disconnect through that, you know, watching soccer, sometimes working out. But everything that is totally, you know, opposite and different from music. And also something that I like to do is just stay at home. <laughs> I, I love that. Like, I'm an introvert person, but because I'm a DJ, you need to be extrovert. Mm -hmm. So I need this time where I'm just by myself just enjoy myself, you know, so it happened that sometimes I can just be at home for like three, four days straight, not going out at all. I need that time where it's just to disconnect and not doing mm -hmm. nothing. And that's when really I'm able to recharge and then go back again, being around people, being around the noise and music and all that. So it's all about, you know, finding the, the right balance. How do you do it? How do you go to, so exactly you were saying that, in one day, you can jump from like two to three places. How do you do it as an introvert? Isn't your social battery low? <laughs> By the time you get the first place, then the second, then you're like, wow, this is exhausting. Like, how are you doing it? This is a great question because I remember I was struggling a lot with that in the beginning because I was someone, I was just there to just play, make sure that people are having fun and then, oh, I can't come to the club. I'm not even talking. I'm because like here in Houston, we have, you know, some big MCs in most of the places and they really take the party to a, to, you know, to a different level. They really know how to do their things. You know. DJs once in a while, they're MC too, but most of the time they are, they are MCs. So it happened that some nights I just go just to kill it and then I'm not even going to talk for the whole night. 
Then after you might hear somebody say, hey, you had like last night, you said it was good, or you know, you had you had fun. But that day you were not even in the mood of going mm. to DJ. So it's really about finding the balance, especially during the day where you're off. Me, I know that I just need to be by myself, you know. I cannot socialize. Because most of the time I work like Thursday to Sunday, those are the days that I'm busy. Monday to Wednesday, most of the time I'm at home. So I try my best to not socialize. So I miss out sometimes with some birthday parties or, you know, some little gathering. But I really need that time of just being by myself, you know, to recharge. So that's how I was able to find, you know, the right balance. But before, I was just mixing everything. And <laughs> it, was, it was hard and I started, you know, struggling a lot with that. I definitely understand. I hear you. I would say I'm pretty social myself, but as you get older, you want to have that, those moments to just be alone and recharge and just be by yourself. I get it. I definitely get it. So my last question for you, because you are an African ambassador in this music industry, what would you like to see African music become better? And also, what would you like to see for other Africans to do in terms of promoting the culture and things like that? Yeah, thank you for this question. Like, so as an African ambassador, me, I'm from Burkina Faso, you know, and we are really under, you know, represented, you know, in the entertainment, I would say we don't really have like a big artist, for example, that is, you know, able to represent our culture, represent Burkina Faso. And music is a big tool, entertainment, to really promote your country. And it's also part of development. And being born there, like, I believe that it's in my role if I keep growing and being in some position to try to uplift, you know, the culture, entertainment from my country to make it, you know, to the mainstream. But at the same time, there are different ways of doing it. It's not just about, you know, trying to push those people to get better or to get big, but you can also do it by growing and, you know, representing the African culture in general everywhere where you are through different stuff. Like, if you go to work, you're someone that work corporate, you can go and you are dressed once, in a, once every week or once every month, dressed with your African clothes, you know, or like, you know, necklace or jewelry or, you know, something that just represents, or even the food at the lunch break, you can be eating some African food and one of your colleagues, they might, they might ask you, what food is, where is it from? What is this? I might like it. You know, they might like it actually. You know? So, there is different way of really promoting the culture, not just the people that are in entertainment. I believe like we are really, you know, Africans in general, in the diaspora, we are really doing a great job in that sense. You know, you can see dancers, you know, comedians, you know, people from different backgrounds of entertainment really pushing it. You know, you go to TikTok, you're going to see so much stuff about African culture, you know, Twitter, the same thing. So, and I believe back in the days, it was not fun to be African. Yeah, I got here in 2016, so I didn't really experience that stigma. But for the people that grew up here, they, they really experienced that. So it's not just the entertainer, it's just like a global movement. And if you're able to get to greater aid, it's just going to help, you know, all the people coming up. Just like my experience when I came to Houston in 2016, it was easier for me to, you know, keep pushing the Afrobeat sound, you know, African culture, DJing and everything. But it was harder for the people that were here before. So it's just in, in, in that ends, like everybody have their role of playing to make it easy for the next generation coming up. But definitely in mind, you know, I really 
would love to have uh, you know Burkina Faso on the map to also represent Africa because like I'm, I'm from there. And sometimes you have these little bias. We are a little bit biased about your culture, you know. So that would be good to you know push definitely our sound you know to the global stage. Well, you're pushing it right now. So here you are pushing Burkina Faso. Burkina Faso's on the map, y'all. Yeah, <laughs> well, thank you so much for participating today and giving us your point of view about your life and music. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And big shout out to you with the whole event that's coming out. You and your friends. I don't want to cut them out. Of course, big shout out to them. Alternative too. Station. Yeah. Alternative station. Y'all doing your thing. And hopefully one day I'll be at one of these events. Yeah, most and definitely. I'll, I'll come be our of course. VIP, you heard. You heard it. Thank you so, so thank much you for having much. me too. You know, really appreciate Yes, you know, keep doing your thing. You know, it's it's good to have, you know, a platform like this where we can share our experience, you know, share also our vision. And you know, it's it's great. It's great. African, you need to keep doing like that in different domain. You know, you're doing your thing in your own way. You know, DJs are doing their things, artists, everything. Just, you know, take the Let's just take it to the world, you know. Right. To the moon. To the moon we go. Right. Correct. All right. Thank you so much, man.